think it shocked everybody from the team to us in the press box to uh, you know everybody who was there. I I think everybody knows Sean's story, and to see it happen again was pretty 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 wild. Welcome to the Wyo Sports Podcast. I am your host, David Graff. Joined alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Robert Munoz. We are both in the Cowboys state today, ready to talk about some Wyoming Cowboys football. Coming off a brutal overtime loss to Nevada at Nevada in Reno. We are going to talk about that game. Some of our thoughts certainly had a few myself. Then talk a little bit about the upcoming game on Friday. Remember, this game's on Friday. It's on the proper channel for Wyoming football, FS1. Friday night kickoff at 7.45. Really excited for that one. So we'll talk a little bit, just a little bit about that game. And then we'll be joined by our old friend, recurring guest, beloved Wyo sports writer, Michael Katz, he's just dripping in championship glory from his L.A. teams winning titles in not only the NBA, but also MLB last night. Just a heartbreaker for all of us who are rooting for a game seven. So we got that. And then we'll wrap up the podcast here with some high school football talk. Everybody knows Robert is tuned in to the Wyoming high school football scene and if I'm not mistaken, playoffs kick this week. Yes, we are talking about the playoffs. They kick off this week for Wyoming High School football, so Robert will help get us a little bit prepared for that on Friday night. So double dip if you're a high school and Pokes fan this Friday. You've got both to look forward to. But first, Robert, how's it going today? Going well, as always, David. Another day. Another great day. Glad you're in the Cowboy State with me, like you just emphasized. Uh, how's your new gig going? I know you haven't really told me too much about it. You, you're, you're on the TV now, man. How's that going up there? Up there in Casper. Yep. A... Multimedia journalist for KCWY Channel 13, if you're in the Casper area and you're trying to check us out. Occasionally on KGWN down in Cheyenne as well. We'll see. You know, just finished up some training last week. Just kind of grinding. It's definitely it's a work in progress, man. I, I don't have a whole lot of don't have a whole lot of video experience, so trying to learn the ropes there. Focus on general news, which is kind of a shift for me as well. But, you know, just living and learning and loving it, trying to soak up as much knowledge as I can, be the best at it I can. So, you know, there's there's not much to tell at this point. You can never know too much. Soak up all that knowledge, David. Yep, had Michael Katz on talk to him could you imagine if two a year professional sports teams won titles in the same year i i can't imagine what that feeling would be like i'm i'm completely honestly a hundred percent jealous of those la fans yeah that's never gonna happen for me it's just never gonna happen i don't have any hope of that ever happening honestly but uh good for cats good for la good for kershaw good for lebron not really sure who's not respecting him didn't really dive into that with cats that would have been interesting to see who he thinks was disrespecting him maybe it was cats himself maybe, maybe cats i don't know maybe cats is just sending him dms on twitter that are like hey why don't you make more threes? Hey, 
why don't you drive to the basket basket more? I can see that from Katz, honestly. He's he's low key like that, just just trying to give constructive criticism. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Let, let's dive in. Wyoming lost 37-34 to Nevada on Saturday in overtime. They were down pretty late in the third quarter, 28-6. to Two field goals. I said on last week's podcast I expected Wyoming to get to the red zone and punch it in. It kind of did that. It was a rough start, shaky start. Real, real struggle. First drive of the game. I'm I'm – I flip it on and they're punting and I'm so confused because I missed the play where Sean Chambers broke his leg. He fractured his leg as we learned after the game. And it was like, it was this thing on the broadcast that CBS sports network, just like even those announcers were shaken. Aaron Murray and his play-by-play partner, they were rattled. Like, it was one of those things where it was really hard to process for me personally because, as you know, if you've listened to the podcast, I've been hyping up Sean Chambers since March. Thought he was going to be the guy. He was going to be the the leader. Wyoming wins when he plays. As they mentioned, Sean Chambers is the starter. I think he's only lost two or three times. Don't have – his exact record on on memory here, but it was just it was flat out devastating. There's no other way to describe it. And honestly, as the game was going on, I was rooting for Levi, rooting for the Cowboys still to make plays and make it happen. But I just I like I even when they were coming back, I I didn't know how to process it because I I, I just it was one of those shocking shocking things. Nothing more shocking than an injury like that when you're just a sports fan and it's just it, that just happens to potentially the best player on your squad and yeah I mean it was just it was just pretty unbelievable. I pulled up the game on my laptop at work and. Saw it right there, right when I, right when I turned it on. Yeah, I didn't know what to think either. But I guess folks just we gotta appreciate the way that they battled back. We talked to Michael about that energy, the shift in the energy throughout the game, how crazy it was. They didn't just give up uh it almost seemed like it almost seemed like well i'm sure it didn't seem like i think they did want to win for sean yeah it's definitely one of those moments where you hope your team rallies around you and it's one of those things where a team either just folds or they rally together and they didn't really rally at first certainly too much in shock certainly rattled But by the time they re- regained their composure in the second half, it was on. Wyoming dominated dominated most of the fourth quarter and the third quarter, but they had dug themselves a hole. Nevada was able to pull it out in overtime. few quick thoughts, just quick thoughts. And then we've got Michael Katz coming up. You guys can listen to that interview and hear his thoughts on all the energy and all that. Biggest thing is that Nevada was able to kind of lull the Wyoming defense to sleep with a bunch of short passes. Wyoming, they were covering them pretty well, but they weren't covering, they weren't stuck to their man like glue. That's for sure. And as soon as they were stuck to their man like glue, one guy would get free and he was gone for a touchdown. That was kind of how the passing game developed. That's how Carson Strong, he proved me wrong. I was a doubter. He certainly had a nice game, though. And it was it was definitely a surprise. The other thing was that 
I don't know if it was still being rattled. Levi Williams wasn't ready to play, but it wasn't until the third quarter that he even looked remotely comfortable out there. So I don't know if the plan had been for him to play the second half or something like that. But the second half, totally different guy at QB. And the offense and the play calling and everything looked totally different. It looked – it was very reminiscent to Josh Allen. I kept thinking, like, these are the plays when nothing was going right. Josh Allen would just make them himself. You know, power run right, power run left with the quarterback, not too fast, bulldozing guys, making plays, getting in the end zone, and then occasionally throwing a ball when, when the defense overplayed the QB run. That That's really where their success came from. When they were trying to run the conventional offense, a lot of handoffs to Valdez were right into the center of the line. Like there was nothing cooking for Valade. And when they tried when they expanded it, expanded the run plays, tried to get outside as opposed to going between the tackles, big plays happen. So that's really the offensive breakdown for me. And then finally, two two things. Shout out to these two guys, impressive performers on both sides of the ball. Cole Turner for Nevada. I don't think that's a name that Wyoming fans should forget for a while. He balled out, balled out, made some unbelievable, unbelievable grabs. Like he was a monster, a machine for Nevada. Finished with seven catches for 119 yards and two TDs. There are a few times where I was just like, damn. There's, uh, I don't know what you do to cover him. He just, he was a maniac. Then also, my biggest concern, how do you replace Cooper Roth? You just bring in a walk-on freshman kicker and give him some time with Craig Bowl under his tutelage. John Hoyland, unbelievable. Your biggest fan right here. Biggest fan. I don't care what your parents say. They love you, but they're not as big of fans as I am. That's for sure. <laughs> yep. You, you and your kickers, David. I don't think I've ever met, talked to anybody who loves kickers quite as much as you do and give them the props that they deserve because they do deserve the props. It seems just hated on. Where's the props for the kicker? Oh, yeah. Kyler Murray got got the Togel range. But what about Zane, Zane Gonzalez with the game-winning kick? Yeah, Zane brought it home. Zane brought it home. Kickers don't get the props. Anyway, you a lot of praise as well to Levi there, comparing him to the great Josh Allen. Um kind of similar playing style I guess I could see that for sure but uh, yeah and you mentioned the everything changed after the second half and maybe that's credit to the head coaching time adjustments you go into halftime your head coach makes those adjustments hey this is gets together and I think that a lot of credit goes to that. I really do. But we were talking a lot of the hype on the defensive side of the ball was can Chad Muma play up to the standards of current NFL players, Logan Wilson, Cash Malawia. And he did. I think he played really well. Tackles and a which currently sets him at number one in the Mountain West in tackles, 10 tackles. And for a linebacker, when you're – Vat is not running the ball that much. I mean, maybe that goes to show we see Logan Wilson grabbing these interceptions. Maybe Muma's dropping back there. He was – I didn't watch the game as closely or as much as uh, 
I could have, but um, coverage there, making tackles, making pass coverage, you know, just doing what he needed to do. He's looking like he might fill that role pretty well. Yeah, Muma was flying all over the field. He was he was a big playmaker on Saturday. Certainly a huge part of the run at the end because the offense scored touchdowns, but it was on the defense to keep stopping Nevada after they'd kind of dug a hole and and they did their job. They did their part. Obviously, overtime, wish it could have gone a little bit differently. But, hey, new game Friday, Hawaii, Todd Graham, new coach at Hawaii. He brings the same kind of defensive mentality that Craig Bowles teams typically do. He wants to win by stopping the other team, not outscoring them. Obviously, you have to outscore them to win, but he wants to play D, which is something that hasn't been said for a very, very long time at Hawaii. Hawaii beat last week. They beat Fresno State 34-19 to in their season opener in Fresno. So they're coming off a win. Wyoming's coming off a loss, but Wyoming played really well. And they're going to play really well on Friday night. They're going to come out fired up. Levi Williams is now officially the guy. There's no ifs, ands, buts, or candy nuts about it. He is the man behind center, and hopefully, hopefully the offensive game plan comes out and incorporates some of the things that we saw in the second half. Don't just save that for desperation time. That needs to be in the game plan from the get-go. Hawaii ran for 325 yards in their season opener. Wyoming held Nevada to 76, so – the biggest thing, Chad Muma's just going to – he's going to have to prove that he's he can do it when the attack doesn't stop, not when it's just an occasional run here or there trying to catch you off guard. The pressure is going to be on the linebacking core. And by the way, that was an interception, right? A ZZ Hearn interception in the end zone that they called incomplete when the ball didn't touch the ground. That interception changed the game. I totally forgot about it until you just now mentioned it. I wrote in my notes for the game, took diligent notes on this puppy, that that was the biggest break Nevada's going to get all season. That I, I guess I forgot about it because Wyoming was able to kind of com- almost complete the comeback, at least force overtime. So it wasn't as big of a play as it ended up being. But, yeah, that was nuts. Don't – I'm just blocking that one from my memory, man. All right. But not blocked from our memory is our interview with Michael Katz, Wyo Sports Cowboys football writer. He was fortunate enough to get the invite. Now, nah, he, he graced us with his presence. He – put the champagne down that he's been drinking, celebrating all his team's victories over the last month or so. So really stoked to have him on the podcast once again. Enjoy this interview with Wyo Sports, Michael Katz. We are very stoked now to be joined by Wyo Sports, University of Wyoming football beat writer as well as basketball when that time comes. But right now, we're just pumped up on football, even off a loss like the Wyoming Cowboys had at the hands of Nevada Reno, like Michael Katz had predicted before the season was even revived. So he'll join us to talk about that as well as Robert's here. So, Michael, how's it going today? It's good. I, I eventually made it back to Laramie. It was quite the adventure, but uh, I'm here and I'm safe. Yeah, so let's start with that. How was the adventure to Reno? What, what was that like, traveling on the plane, going to a college football game, working again? 
What was that experience like for you? You know, it was my first time being back in the airport since March, I think it was. And it was weird. Uh, you know, I probably like, I normally I would like go to uh, maybe grab a beer at the airport or something like that. But it was more of me just like being by myself and being like, I'm going to just do me for a bit. <laughs> Uh, and giving a lot of people who weren't following the mask protocol dirty looks. Uh, but for the most part, it was, uh, you know, it, it wasn't um, too bad. Uh, most people were pretty cooperative, which I was kind of surprised at, honestly. Uh, the press box was weird. We were all spread out. There were no fans there. But, like, once the game started, it felt like a regular college football game. Um, and... You know, the teams kind of had to bring their own energy to start. Uh, but, I mean, at the end of the game, you couldn't – you weren't focused on if they were fans or not as it just was so intense with the way that game kind of happened. So, it was awesome. Uh, the trip there was great. The trip back was not so great. Um, there was a quite the snowstorm uh, in, in the Denver-Laramie travel area. And so, I ended up uh, – I made it about 30 miles out of Denver uh, and I couldn't see. And under a lot of circumstances, I would have been like, I'm just going to try it. Um, but on this day, I decided I wasn't going to be an idiot. So I pulled over and uh, spent the night in Longmont, which is a wonderful little town and uh, eventually made it back. So it was, it was, uh, it was an adventure, but it's just, it's just nice to be doing this sort of stuff again. Well, we're glad you made it back safely. Glad you didn't try anything, try to be a hero to get back to Laramie. That's probably a smart call. Uh, you mentioned the energy. Certainly all of the energy that Wyoming might have built up going into the game was pretty much sapped on that first drive. What was that like in the moment? I. I it sounds cliche to say unbelievable, but – you know, it looked like a normal play from where we were. Uh, you know, we didn't see the replay a million times. Um, but – and then we we just were like, okay, they're, they're going to punt. It was, you know, it was the third down play. And then, you know, Sean Chambers was still on the ground. And we were like, are you serious? Like, is this happening again? And at first we were kind of like, maybe it's just something, you know, a sprain or something. And then obviously the cart came out and it was just um, – you can't help but feel bad for the kid. Uh, he's worked really, really hard. He's a team leader. Everyone loves him. Uh, it was just, it was kind of unbelievable because, yeah, I know it's happened to him in his first two years, but third play of the season is pretty, uh, pretty unbelievable. Uh, and that kind of, I think it shocked everybody from the team to us in the press box to, uh, you know, everybody who was there, I, I think everybody knows Sean's story and to see it happen again was pretty, pretty, pretty wild. Yeah, it was certainly very wild, very weird. I mean, it's not something that you anticipate going into the first game of the season on the very first drive. So how, there's not much you can really say about it. Let's move on to the game in general here, what, what was, what is your biggest takeaway from that? I mean, it's really hard to come back from 28, six and even tie a ball game. So to push that into overtime, it's kind of a feat in and of itself. My, my biggest takeaway is I'm going to stop pre-writing my stories before the game's over. Uh, because I had to, th I had to scrap that bad boy real fast. <laughs> Cause I had like a, I had the, the nuts and bolts written in from when it was 28, six, I was like, okay, they might score some touchdowns, but there's no way they're coming back. And of course they did. Uh, so I ended up writing the same story like five times. Uh, so as much as I like to plan things, maybe, uh, maybe wait a little bit longer until I start uh, formulating the final draft. But uh, in terms of the game itself, you know, it looked when it was 28-6 with four minutes or left in the third, whatever it was, they were kind of left him for dead. I mean, they hadn't really shown any signs of doing anything other than, 
you know, one long pass play uh, from Levi to Isaiah Nair. Um, but other than that, they hadn't really shown anything. And uh, then all of a sudden, you know, there was that uh, targeting call on Aiden Eberhart that kind of got them moving. And, uh, you know, Levi started hitting his stride. They kind of let him start doing his thing. And Levi's at his best when he just lets it rip. And sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad. But for the most part, it was pretty good. Uh, he was running the ball well. He was making big throws. Um, you know, obviously he had that interception late in the game, which wasn't great. But, uh, you know, they, they bounced back with a, a true freshman walk-on kicker who I had no idea who he was uh, coming into the game. You know, obviously they they lost that game, and it, it's it's tough when you came so close. And it's a loss is a loss in, in, uh, in the record book. But... Uh, you know, and I don't think they're going to be, you know, talking about moral victories or anything like that. But, um, you know, to do what they did in the last 20 minutes or so of game time was pretty remarkable. And, you know, it just makes you think if they hadn't dug themselves into that kind of a hole, you know, they're, if, if they continue to just not do that kind of thing, they're, they're going to be pretty good because they can clearly score. Yeah, and that's, I mean – you anticipated them to score. I think you predicted 34 points for the Cowboys going into that game, right? And uh, but yeah, kind of just yeah, not 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 to uh, not to pat myself on the back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I'm just kind of interested. What what was that energy like for you looking down on the sideline and everything? What was that energy like? Just the change from the first drive of the game to the end of the game. What was that just transformation of energy like? Yeah, yeah. so, you know, without fans there, your best indicator of what's going on is each sideline. Um, and when Sean went down, you could tell that Wyoming's sideline was devastated, and you can't blame them. The air completely got sucked out from them. And when Nevada was going, they were really, really pumped. And you could tell they were jumping around. You could tell that they – Without even looking at the at the scoreboard, you can tell which team was winning. Um, but you know, in the end of the third quarter, in the fourth, it completely switched, and you know, um, Nevada looked like the team that was down, even though they were up uh, at worst, tied. Um, and Wyoming looked like a team that was in control because of just how much momentum they had, and. Um, you know, it, it, it was, it's interesting to sort of have to depend on the eyeball test and sidelines and that kind of thing right now, because normally you can look at, um, you know, a crowd and know how a game is going. Um, but you can't do that anymore because of course the band is always going to be cheering, but you know, they're kind of doing their own thing, but, uh, it was, it was really interesting. And, and then when obviously, um, you know, Carson Strong through the game winning touchdown. It was, you kind of felt like you almost thought, like, well, Wyoming has another chance, right? And then it was like, oh, wait, no, they don't. They don't have another chance to come back now. Uh, because it's just, they had just kept responding and you just sort of expected them to do it again. But, you know, they ran out of chances. But uh, obviously that sideline was a little bit upset and uh, afterward. But I think all things considered, you know, it was a terrible start, but I think they're pretty happy with, with how they finished it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, they're like you said, no, no moral victory, but overall, um, you wrote that story about Levi Williams and he's taking on a new leadership role and how him and Chambers are going to kind of both be leaders. So Sean Chambers is still going to be present in the locker room, on the field. For those who didn't read the story, um, could you kind of just – how do you think Levi Williams is going to fall into this leadership role? Yeah, I mean, it is, it is kind of interesting because, you know, everybody always looks at QB1 as the leader of the team. And, you know, Sean was voted a team captain for a reason. Um, he is the heart and soul of, of, of that team to an extent. Um but, you know, there's only so much he can do when he can't play. 
and he's going to be at all the meetings. I mean, he, he, I think you guys saw he returned to the sideline, even though he had just broken his freaking leg uh, and was there supporting the guys and helping them dissect stuff. I mean, and he was the guy who called the coin flip uh, in overtime. And he was smiling and stuff. He looked, he was, I saw he was, he was smiling and stuff and that stood out to me. It really did. No, absolutely. And that's just sort of, you ask anybody on that team, that's just the leader he is. He's not going to feel bad for himself. Uh, he's going to do whatever it takes and to, to help the team get to where it wants to be. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's, it's, it's tough when that guy can't take snaps. Um, but, you know, they rallied around Levi too. And this isn't Levi's first rodeo running. You know, Levi Williams is a really competitive kid. Um, he's, he, people gravitate toward him um you know it's 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 interesting because it's going to sort of be you know co co quarterback leadership you know kind of thing but um you know i i think sean understands that he can't play right now and that it's levi's job and that levi understands that you know sean is going to help lead but really it's on levi to do the stuff that matters you know, during games. And so it's, it's an interesting sort of um, dynamic because you have two guys who are leaders, but they're going to have to lead in very, very different ways because they kind of have to. What are your thoughts on the upcoming game against Hawaii? Yeah. You know, I was unsure of what Hawaii was going to be. Um, you know, obviously a, a new head coach, a new offensive system. They're not doing the run and shoot anymore, which is kind of disappointing because I grew up watching the June Jones uh, Hawaii teams, and they were like my favorite thing ever to watch. Uh, you know, now they're more of a balanced spread attack. Um, they ran the ball really, really well against Fresno State. Uh, Chevin Cordero is a really good dual threat guy. Um, you know, it's weird to think of Hawaii running for 320 yards or whatever it was like that just doesn't happen. It hasn't happened in like 20 years. Um, and, and so, you know, they, they, they were a lot better than I thought they were going to be off the bat. You know, I don't know how good Fresno state is. Cause again, they're, they've got a new coach and they've got a lot of new stuff going on, but, um, Hawaii looked really good. And, um, you know, Nevada kind of went with the air raid offense uh, against Wyoming. And Hawaii is not going to do that, which is probably good for uh, for Wyoming because Wyoming was pretty good against the run uh, overall uh, against Nevada. I think they ran for 70-some yards. Um, and so if, you know, if it's more balanced, I think that kind of favors Wyoming because – they can they can stop the run. It was giving up those nickel and dime shots down the field and the occasional uncovered receiver running down the sideline. Um, you know, I, I don't think Hawaii is going to throw it 50 times like Nevada did. And so I, I think that is going to favor – it's going to help Wyoming out. But, uh, you know, I'm kind of doing my, my preview kind of stuff right now and – Hawaii's got a lot of like returning guys on their defense. Um, you know, they've got three guys in the secondary who played a lot last year, three of their linebackers. They've got like four guys on the defensive line who were either starters or played a lot. Um, they're really experienced. And, um, you know, I, I do think the offense will look different when they've had a whole week knowing Levi Williams is the starting quarterback and they're not thinking about, the, you know, the emotional catastrophe of losing Sean. I think that took a lot out of the offense and just the team as a whole. Um, but Hawaii's going to put up a fight, you know. They've, uh, you know, the one thing I think people point to is, oh, well, they're not used to playing at altitude, but they've been, they've been staying in Denver uh, the last week, I think, to try to get acclimated, which is really smart if you can do it. Um, so now they're not going to be caught off guard when they come up here on, on Friday. Uh, I think it's going to be a good game, but um, – you know, Wyoming doesn't lose very often at home, but that pass defense has to get better. Um, and the offense has to run the ball like they want to, because, you know, I know Xavier Valade had 87 yards, but it was a very sort of mediocre 87 yards. Like there wasn't a moment where you were like, okay, 
he's getting going. Um, they need the guy who ran for 200 yards, that sort of guy who, who put up that, those monster games toward the end of the season. Um, they need that sort of running game if, if, if they're going to do what, what they can do. And it's just going to make life for Levi easier too, if he doesn't have to throw 30 times. Yeah, rush defense is going to be huge. They held Nevada to, what, 76 rushing yards last week. And uh, I just want to ask you, how, how excited are you to go back to the war and cover some football? Yeah, it's it's funny because, you know, I drive by there, like, every day. And I have since, like, March and whatever. And, like, it was so close but so far. Like, it was, like – God, I just want to walk in there and just like watch a game. And, you know, when uh, the other conferences started, I would drive by it and be like, oh, I just want to go in the parking lot. Like, I just, I just want to watch a game. And, um, you know, it's, it's going to be awesome. It's, you know, I know it's only going to be 7,000 fans, but it's a heck of a lot better than 250 or whatever they had in Nevada. Uh, and, you know, it, it's, I think fans do really make a difference. Um, you know, as, as you know, to bring up baseball, you know, the world series had, I think they had 10,000 fans or whatever it was, but you could tell that there were fans there. Like it felt like a real crowd. It felt like a real game. And uh, I think that's going to be kind of that way here too. I think there's, you know, there's not going to be tailgating, but people will feel they'll, they'll figure things out. Uh, they always do, but, um, you know, it, I, I, I think it's going to be exciting. I know people here have been looking forward to having something to look forward to. Um, and, you know, it's been a really tough eight, whatever months it's been since this all started. Um, it, it's, it's exciting for me. Uh, it's going to be weird. Uh, you know, one of my favorite things is, is the free food. Uh, there will not be, we will get bought. I believe we get boxed meals, which I will happily take, but I'm much, you know, I'm a, I'm a buffet guy personally. Uh, you know, there's all these like little things that you don't necessarily think about, like, you know, just being spaced out and, um, bringing your own drinks and, and that kind of stuff. Um, but when it comes down to it, college football is college football. And, uh, I will gladly wear a piece of cloth over my face for a few hours. Uh, if, if I get to, you know, to, to, to watch a, 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 a good team play uh, other good teams in one of the coolest environments in college football. Yeah, sounds like it's going to be a great time. It's certainly going to be fun on Friday night, which is kind of new for Wyoming. We'll wrap it up here. Just want to give you the stage. We haven't talked to you since the Lakers won the title. I didn't see you not wearing the jersey probably for like a month. And then last night, much to my chagrin, only because I wanted to see a game seven, very happy for Clayton Kershaw. But your Dodgers won a World Series championship. Just give you some time. Just just tell us whatever you want to tell us about your, your L.A. teams. We'll just let it wash over us. Seems the city of rings, not the city of angels for now. It's funny because I've obviously the Lakers winning it was really cool, um, but and it sounds like super like humble brag, but like I've seen the Lakers do it before. Like I grew up with Kobe. Like this is the sixth one that I remember. I think they won one the year I was born too. So I think I've been alive for seven Lakers championships. Um, they're all cool, and it was awesome to see it come through, especially the year Kobe dies. It was just there was just a lot of important things and it was really important for LA to kind of get that done. But, uh, you know, I was born two weeks after Kirk Gibson hit the home run in 88. Uh, I came I think that was like a five or six game series. So I was born about a week after the Dodgers had last won it. Grew up going to Dodger games, you know, summer trips with the family to Chavez Ravine eating the ice cream out of those stupid little plastic hats, eating way too many Dodger dogs. And then once I got older, drinking way too many beers. Um, But, uh, you know, it's, they were really bad for most of my childhood. 
Um, and then they got pretty good. And then obviously the last eight years, they've been really good, but it, they, they had just gotten so freaking close that it was just like that game seven against the Astros a few years ago was the worst. Um, and so to have them do it, to have Kershaw pitch well in the world series, um, to have the bats actually come through in the postseason finally, after never being able to get guys in with runners on base, um, you know, especially how last year went with losing to the Nationals, which was shocking. Um, it was just, it was kind of redemption, and it's kind of crazy to think that it had been 32 years uh, since the Dodgers had last done it. Uh, tomorrow is my 32nd birthday, and so it's it was quite the birthday present. Uh, it was, uh, they've, they've ruined my birthday recently in, in prior years. Uh, Clayton Kershaw blew game five on my 29th birthday against the Astros. I will never forget that one. That sucked. But, uh, you know, I got a good birthday this year. The Dodgers, uh, they finally got it done. And I, I think that now that they've done it, uh, when you've got Mookie Betts for another 12 years, I think you're going to be in the hunt going forward. So hopefully this isn't the only one, but it was nice to uh, to get that one out of the way. Everything's coming up. Cats lately, I guess. What? Michael Katz, University of Wyoming, beat writer for Wild Sports. We are pleased to be in his presence. Just let all of his fan glory wash over us. It's been a real treat, Michael. Good talking to you. Thanks for having me, guys. Always a pleasure. All right, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Michael Katz, Wild Sports UW football and men's basketball writer. We certainly always love having cats on. He's he's just an enjoyable guy to be around, to be able to talk to, to learn from, listen to him, talk to us about going to football games. You know, that's that's a treat here in 2020 for most of us. Robert. We'll be going to some high school football games, probably one this Friday. What game are you going to on Friday this week? I will be covering the Cheyenne Central and Kelly Walsh quarterfinal game. 4A, Class 4A playoffs, baby, yeah. Made it to the playoffs. Heck yeah, man. Kelly Walsh, shout out to Trenton Walker, who was on the pod Shout out to Before the Walker, season began, the Coach McKelkey, my new hometown of Casper. Got Shout a couple of Kelly former Walsh. guests. Yeah. Former guests going head-to-head this week, yeah. huh? Storbo and Trenton. It's going to be tough for me. You know you know how I am. I, if you give us some time, you've got my heart. Uh, you've got my full support behind you. So Robert will be at that game. It's the first week of the high school football playoffs, if that wasn't abundantly clear. So I'll let Robert take center stage here. He's the high school football man in the state, across the Cowboys state. Not across the whole state, my man. That's all Patrick Schmidt. Across the, the state. The- across the state of Cheyenne. Man, with all the high school football knowledge. Yeah, I, I don't want to undersell Patrick. Patrick is he's the goat when it comes to Wyoming high school football. But I'm really glad Sheridan beat Thunder Basin. We can potentially have a state championship game in Cheyenne. It would be at Oki Blanchard Stadium. East would host Central. But the the road's not easy. It's playoffs. These games don't come. East is hosting Laramie over there on the other side of town Friday night. Laramie lost the number one rusher in the state last week when they were hosting Central. Poor guy. I felt so bad for him. His last game. His senior year, he's a 
best wrestler for Laramie too, and I think he tore his ACL. I haven't heard anything about it. I haven't had any confirmation on that. Feel bad for that guy over there, Isaac Sell. It looked like he I I mean, I think it looked like a something something was wrong with his knee. And he injured it. And he came back and he tried to play and he was playing and it just I mean he took another hit to the knee and that that's it was just couldn't come back from that. Props to him for just grinding and competing though and tough loss. Anyway, I don't have much to say besides troll they had some injuries. They're dealing with some injuries. They still are. They have some guys out. But the main man on the defensive side of the ball, he was leading this, or Class 4A anyway, in defensive points prior to his injury, Carter Lobatos, back. Also the starting running back for the squad. So I think Central handles business at home against the Trojans. I think East handles business. Central will be playing Natrona County or Thunder Basin. Central hosted Thunder away with a victory in a battle of undefeated teams early in the season. And they also went up north to Casper, beat Natrona on the road. So it's gonna be it's tough to beat a team twice in a season and that's Central's going to have to beat one of these teams if they're going to have to beat them twice in a season. These are good teams. They're going to, I mean, it's the playoffs and I just hope these Cheyenne squads can, I'm not trying to be biased. I pick, I'm not trying to root against other teams. Much loved all the teams around the state. I think it would be wonderful to see uh, these Cheyenne schools advance. Yeah, it's certainly the playoffs. It's tough to beat a team twice, but it's tough to win in the playoffs. So everything just got a whole lot tougher for every team, no matter who especially, you're playing. Especially on the road. I, I saw Patrick Schmidt. We were just talking about him on wyomingfootball.com. He had some sort of statistics regarding home field advantage in the playoffs and affected high school football in Wyoming and I mean the numbers were pretty I mean substantial home teams win and Central and East have home field advantage for the quarterfinals and the semifinals if they win their quarterups so we'll just have to wait and see David yeah, it doesn't line up any better for a Capital City showdown in the state finals. I know Robert is certainly, hopefully, looking forward to that. I got to cheer on the, the kiddos and Coach McKelkey over at Kelly Walsh, especially now that I'm here in Casper. Got to put on for the Oil City here. So that does it for this episode of the Wild Sports Podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure, as always. Really appreciate it. Everybody who's listening, sharing the podcast, subscribing, reviewing the podcast, all that is great stuff. All that means the world to Robert, myself, and everybody over at YO Sports. So really appreciate that. If you feel so inclined and you're enjoying what you're hearing, please don't hesitate. Throw a few shekels our way. Never hurts. Never hurts, you know. Always grinding out here in the media game. You never know. You never know what's going to happen. So really appreciate everybody as well as the boys over at Shakewell for letting us use the music. It's, it gets me pumped up every time I hear it. So check out some of their music as well on Spotify or anywhere you listen to tunes probably. They probably got something laid down, something to jam out to. You know what I mean? That does it for this episode. Go Pokes on Friday. Go Pokes. Beat up on the Rainbow Warriors.
trying to prove uh, uh, Who you want to impress now, baby I see you think you've got moves so smooth But you do not have what it takes to pass this test So you better forget Shout out any suggestions, baby. Now 